you know, this is the two-time defending national champions. They're maybe not going to get dialed up for a noon game against a a terrible team in a stadium that is 75% Georgia fans and only 65% completed. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 363 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and on this episode, my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, discuss Georgia's 37-20 win up in Nashville. Brock Bowers was injured. The offense looked a little mm, okay. The defense looked a little bit shaky at times, but a win is a win, a 17-point win in a hollow stadium is pretty good when it comes to winning back-to-back national championships and still remaining undefeated. But before you begin, this episode of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast is proudly sponsored by The Strickland Firm. If you or a loved one has been injured and you need a lawyer you can trust, you can do what other clients have done and rely on the attorneys at The Strickland Firm to help with serious injury and wrongful death cases. So if you're in need, call The Strickland Firm at 844-GA-JUSTICE. That's 844-GA-JUSTICE. We'd like to thank Ryan Strickland for sponsoring this episode. And here's Will to get it all started. Hello, and welcome to Waiting Since Last Saturday, episode 363. It is our Vanderbilt postgame. I had to go look up. I'm here. I'm Will Leach. Sorry, I should listen to who the heck I am. If you don't know by now, you never ever will know me at all. I'm here with Tony Waller. I'm looking, I did look up the episode number of this one because because Scott always gets mad if I don't start with the episode number. And it said uh, WSLS 362 was the last episode. Dogs in Nashville, will Vanderbilt even score? That was the headline for our last episode. Vanderbilt did in fact score. It was 37 to 20. Uh, Pretty sloppy, not terrible. Bowers really feels like the only real story, and I'm cautious. It seems to be getting some cautious optimism on that. What was your takeaway from, uh, I don't know, kind of looked like a uh, noon kickoff in a in, in a stadium that uh, uh, wasn't even close to being ready? Yeah, that, that, I think that's probably right. I think, um, you know, I, I've spent the last – Gosh, it's uh, 20 hours or what? No, less than that. How many ever ever it has been since the game ended trying to process how I feel about this? Because, yeah, I knew inevitably you were going to ask me the question you just asked me. And I think where I am is that, um, and I'm willing to be wrong on this, but I think Georgia went back to trying the things to see, not just, they know what works, right? They know they know what works. Uh, let's let's talk offensively for a second. We'll talk defensively in a second. Uh, and they went back to trying to do some things because we saw some different sets. We saw different formations. Uh, I think it's worth noting that, for instance, the touchdown pass last week to Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint, that was the same play that Arian Smith let go through his hands, uh, for example, just to see what, what we could do. So it, it results in a game that never, ever felt in doubt that we are also like, God, what's going on? And part of that is we saw for the first time, uh, Carson Beck did not improve. Um, I, go ahead and drink. I'm pretty sure that was a note that um, Seth Emerson made post-game yesterday. It was the first game where he did not improve game over game. Um, I, I think 
and, and obviously we'll get to Brock in a minute, but I also think that there were uh, times offensively where Georgia was intentionally just trying to be to grind the game out, and that bore out in in drive uh, drive charts. Right, we had two fifteen or sixteen plus drives, both for over uh, nearly eight one one for seven forty seven one for eight. Uh, wasn't the third quarter just two drives? It was. So, yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we had two of the, We had two nearly eight minute drives for over fifteen plays that resulted in field goals. Two. And I went back and looked at the drive chart on those just to kind of like, I, you know, you watch the game, you don't pay attention to these things. One of them was very clearly Georgia was calling plays to see what would work. One of them very clearly Georgia was trying to to um, score. Uh, and that was the one where uh, Carson Beck literally had nine seconds to throw the ball and uh, still took a sack. Which is yeah. fine. I mean, it didn't get woodering out of field goal range because that's that's the same result, right? You're still going to have the same result. Um, but having said all of that, you score one more touchdown, or you don't throw a, a bad pick, and and we'll and, and I'll get to pick, I'll also get to backs pick in a second. You don't throw one bad pick. This game is now forty-one to thirteen, or forty-one to fourteen, and or thirteen, I guess, and it it does forty-one thirteen does feel different. Um, as for the interception. I think two things can be true. First off, never sit on that ball. That was a poor decision. And then when you tip it, that's how you end up with um that's how you end up with the interception. Also, was that the hardest hit of the game? <laughs> it was. Um <laughs> so you know, overall, in 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 I'll ask you kind of what you saw out of the defense, but to me the defense looked went kind of reverted back to all right, we're more athletic than that. We don't have to really execute. And that's how you end up with the exact same play that Kentucky ran for the, the touchdown uh, with, with Vanderbilt doing that on the first drive of that game. Yeah, I have to say, I the the defense looked sleepy. That's probably the, I, I feel like that, like, you know, I don't think that, like, they've forgotten how to play or they don't care or I mean, for Kyle Lund, I mean, the headline to the show that we just did said, is Vanderbilt going to even score? And that was partly about Georgia, but really in a large way about Vanderbilt. You know, they just gotten smoked by a Florida team that, uh, um, you know, I don't think we were impressed by. And, you know, Georgia had just stomped Kentucky. However, I do think it is reasonable that uh, I find myself thinking, particularly in, a, in an age where these players are as wired in. Uh, to everything that's being said about them as they probably ever have been. And they the coaches can claim otherwise, and we don't pay attention to that outside stuff, but of course they do. And, you know, this is the two-time defending uh, national champions. Uh, they're maybe not going to get dialed up for a noon game against a, de- a terrible team in a stadium that is 75% Georgia fans and only 65% completed. And so I, at a certain level, yes. Uh, the defense did not look great. And that once again, they got to get run on a little bit. And these are things that could generally be concerning. And if the next time that they play a game in Tennessee, they are this sleepy, I will be more concerned. Uh, on the other hand, I have a really hard time other than Bowers, which we'll get to. I have a hard time looking at this game and feel like, Oh no, here, what's wrong with this team? I just, I have a hard time looking at it because 
I'm sorry, they're human beings. Vanderbilt's not a good team. It's a weird environment to play. It's the first game of the day. You've got a week off coming off, coming up. You're coming off a game where you just blew the doors off a team when everyone was doubting you. I think it is perfectly human and not unreasonable that the team and the defense specifically would not be at full tail boogie in this game, I would say. Yeah, and I think that's fair. You know, again, we could look back sometime in December or, or maybe as early as uh, three weeks from now against Mississippi and say, yeah, I could see the bones of what happened there uh, a few weeks ago or earlier in the season. Um, I am, Today, I am willing to say that um, Kirby is still trying to figure out what levers to pull with this team. One. Two, uh, that coming off of two national championships, um, intentionally stressing your team into into a place where they have to execute or or do things outside their comfort zone is not a bad way to try to motivate this team to to play to the very best of their ability when you need to which we saw I mean, we saw that last week right i don't think i don't think anybody thinks that we could have played um uh, i i'm looking back i don't think if had we played this way against kentucky i don't think we would have lost to kentucky it certainly would have been closer to what we saw yesterday or maybe even closer to what we saw against auburn um, but having said all of that, when you sit down and look at Vanderbilt's play, they had two drives of 75 yards, and, and one of those was a blown coverage 50-yard pass play. Uh, so they really only had one drive. The other was a two-yard touchdown drive. I, I And I want to be, I want to everyone to make sure they don't like blow me up on Twitter saying, yeah, but you can't do that. I agree. You can't do that. You, you have, I mean, those, some of those drives you do that against a, a much better team and you find yourself playing behind the chains too much. But having said that, um, you know, the defense did step up after Beck fumbled on the first drive and essentially held them to a field goal attempt, uh, which they missed. Right. And it had, had you, had you said, we just fumbled inside the, the 30 yard line. If we, if we get away with just three points here, we are lucky. Um, and you know what? We were better than lucky. Uh, they, the defense really stepped up there, especially the way they looked in that first drive and going right back on the field two plays later. And all of that, I guess, to say is I agree with you, Will, that until Georgia has a quote-unquote big game where they don't get it, where they look like this, and, and you could argue that Auburn is, I'm going to be a little less worried about that and a little more worried about making sure that whatever mistakes were made, because there were. Carson Beck didn't have it. He had a good game, but he didn't have a great game. Um, you know, the offensive line still got beat and, and Beck was hurried some. Uh, the defense had another uh, a couple of breakdowns on coverage that, that allowed a touchdown to get scored early. Um, you clean up some of that. And you, the Georgia team you saw last week that, by the way, um, outside of the fumble, after after Beck fumbled, um, Georgia's drives were like this. 77 yards, touchdown. 71 yards, touchdown. 65 yards, 16 plays, field goal. Four plays, which came at the end of the half, touchdown. And then you have two more touchdown drives, including an almost 20-play drive, uh, to, which ate up over half of the first, almost two-thirds of the third quarter. I can't – I mean, was it frustrating to watch? Was it like, what are we doing here? Sure. Am I going to sit at this game and be like, oh, what was us? I don't know. No, I, I just think Georgia played, Georgia played an average game yesterday and still won by 17 points on the road. Yeah, and I just I find it hard. I don't know. You're right. If if they end up face planning against a 
know, Tennessee or Mississippi or 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 if, or end up playing terrible against Alabama in the SC championship game or something like that. We will definitely be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. There were times this team could have asserted itself and it didn't. And, uh, and Kirby Smart's been pulling the levers and all the thought you're talking about. And uh, I agree with all that, but I also, I just think that like, I get a little exhausted from, uh, from, from people being like, man, you can't do that in a real game from people that like, well, came into this game not taking Vanville even slightly seriously. <laughs> like it's yes, weird. Like I, yeah, like I think it's kind of weird to expect a level of manic intensity from uh, from the players when none of us are taking these games even slightly seriously. <laughs> I think it's like they're human yeah. beings, like we are human beings. And well, and that's that's exactly what I was saying about you know trying to motivate this team who has two national championships under the belt that you. You can only yell, you can only cajole, you can only pull the lever so many times before you get tuned out. And as we we will need that manic intensity, there will come a point in the season where that manic intensity will be needed. Um, I, I personally don't think that will be at least until the Tennessee game and maybe even mm-hmm. uh, a, a game in Atlanta in December. But certainly it was not needed Saturday. It certainly it was, was not needed Saturday. Saturday. That's exactly right. It yeah. wasn't needed Saturday. Uh, and I think it's weird to expect them to do so. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's yeah, hundred percent. So let's talk about Bowers. Um, yeah. So and to be fair, we are uh, we are in fact medical doctors, and I'm looking at Brock Bowers right here. Hello, he can't talk right now, but I'm looking at his ankle, and it's fine. So, uh, so my expertise on both things should be trusted at all endeavors. So let's. Uh, I think there are two. There are two things. The first is the injury. It's it's. I saw some stuff. It's like somebody twists his ankle. Now it's just a. It's a football injury, right? Um, I was happy to have Kirby come out and say that the X rays were were negative, and we'll have an MRI. Um, you know, I think with that, the best case scenario is he could be back against Florida. Um, but you know, I, I also feel like there were some of the. I mean, it is illustra- illustrative to me that. Um, there were times after Bowers went out, they still didn't put McConkey on the field. Um, I think they were also. I think the coaches also felt, well, yeah, we got this. Let's let's make sure we're doing fine. I think the longer thing is what happens if Bowers doesn't come back this season, and that's that's a t- that's there's some talking points to be had there, which yeah. I feel like there'll be a lot of ink spilled, and we'll spend plenty of time talking about. But and there's no and there's no sense to that. Yeah, yeah, all speculation. It's, it's purely speculation, right? That's exactly right. It's 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 almost doomer speculation because I would yeah. be surprised if that were the case. I would be surprised if, and again, as a doctor that has has Brock Bowers right here, he's saying, "Oh, I'll be back, I'll be back," because I've got him right here. You just can't hear him. But uh, I that seems unlikely because it was not it, like it doesn't seem to be a high angle strain. But certainly, I think Bowers, if he's not out for the year, um, Bowers management. And how much you push him and how much you need him becomes, I think, a vital storyline for the next month of the season. Is yep. how much does he sit out? How much do you, uh, wh- how do you play without him? How much did you rely on him? And the fact that, like, listen, the fact that the, uh, an injury to Bowers happens two weeks after uh, a game where he saved them. And, yeah. and at a certain level, I appreciate that, but I also think um, he did save Georgia against Auburn and Bowers is the best player on this team. He can't save them against Alabama 
He can be a thing that helps them beat Alabama, but he can't save them against Alabama. They've got to like, like Georgia has to be able to beat teams without Bowers uh, to be able to get to that point. And so for me, I think my point is, is that like, we'll see what the injury is. It seems no need to rush him. Like Florida's a big game. I, I mean, it's a big game and so on, but Florida is not the scariest team or even the second scariest team on your schedule. I think if you can't beat Florida without Bowers, you're not beating Alabama with Bowers. I wish you wouldn't say those things with him sitting right there, but I, I know, I know. Sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. And so the 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 uh, he's very upset with me right now. Uh, but uh, uh, um, it's, it's nice for him to come by. Um, I, I feel like in retrospect, giving him all the NIL money and not having him just come by my house but not speak in the podcast was I should have looked over the contract a little bit more closely. Um, the point is, I think that's it. Like, we'll see what's going on with him. But if there's any doubt, don't play him against Florida. Like, if there's any, like, you got, we got a week off. We'll see how it goes. I don't see any need to rush him back because, again, the goal of this team is to win, is to win a national championship. If you can't beat Florida, or and maybe you hope to get him back by Missouri. Missouri looked good yesterday. Uh, but if listen, if it's an end-of-the-year injury, fine. That's a whole other discussion. But if it's a rest, two, three-week, however much questionable sort of thing, they they got they they've got to be able to win without him, or they're never going to be able to win with him. Would basically be my argument. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that. Um, so, well, before we talk about the rest of college football, I do want to thank our friend Ryan Strickland at the Strickland Firm for uh, being the Wait Until Last Saturday podcast sponsor this season. Uh, if you get entered, uh, reach out to Ryan at thestricklandfirm.com. That's eight four four G A Justice. And will that number? I have an authority works in all works everywhere, including Idaho. Okay, good. Uh, that's good to know. I didn't. Yeah, I, um, I know you were worried. Very worried. I didn't uh, even know they had cell phone coverage there. So that's good. Maybe you need a landline. If you need a landline, the number will still work there. Find a payphone on the on the street in Boise. Yes, well, yes. Speaking, speaking of Boise, yes. Um, the most exciting game of the day was Colorado State scoring twenty one unanswered in the last four and a half minutes of the game. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but that was kind of nuts. Um, congratulations, your line eye. Uh, Mm-hmm. Psyched us all out. Of course, they were they were not facing September Maryland. They were facing October Maryland. Mm-hmm. But you still take a win, right? Oh, uh, well, well, road sure. win, right? Um, beyond that, anything else jump off the page at you around the the country? I know Washington. That was a that was a big one for them. Uh, but Lincoln Riley defense did Lincoln Riley defense things. Anything else? I actually think the biggest story of the day. If uh, you know, we're at the point where we're. I thought our discussion last week was a good way to break down of the rest of what the rest of the country is doing really affects whether Georgia has any room for error this year in a season where Georgia is not as dominant, but still could win a national championship. We've seen the last few years, putting yourselves in a position where to me, the big question for Georgia's season is, can you get through the, can you make it to the playoff with one loss? And the only answer to that is, and hopefully they won't have that loss, but if they do have that loss, uh, a lot of that answer has to do with what happens with the rest in college football. I will say USC losing to me seems a bigger story for Georgia than Washington beating Oregon. Uh, because, I mean, because generally speaking, USC's out now. Like yeah. USC's out. USC's out. And, you know, I guess it might have been on the margins a little better if Oregon wins at Washington. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if it matters because those teams are probably going to play in the SC cha- Pac-12 championship game again. We'll see what happens if Oregon wins that game. Do they give spots to both both teams? 
but uh, Louisville lost, so that's another team that's out. I, as a Georgia fan, I'm looking for teams to knock themselves out of contention. I'm looking for a team that if they go up against a one-loss Georgia team, would you possibly pick that team over Georgia? And uh, Louisville and USC knocked themselves out of that conversation. And that is, and Notre Dame did that last week. So that to me was a bigger thing than Washington looks like a real contender, but frankly, so does Oregon. <laughs> like Oregon looked really good. That in was that a game. game. That was yeah. definitely a game. And right? and yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought it was badass that Lanning made that move. It, it didn't work out. I wish the play calling would have been as aggressive as the decision to call a play in that yeah. situation. Uh, but I love that he did it. I love that he went for it. That was a terrific game. And both those teams look like potential playoff teams to me. Yeah, I think I think the take my takeaway, and I agree with you about the Southern Cal thing. And I, I you know, we joked last week about Louisville, but um, face planting against Pittsburgh is something. That's a that's a that's something, right? Um, yeah, the Oregon Washington game. I don't think there's nothing about that game that made me think either of those teams, if they face again and the other wins, uh, if Oregon wins in the Pac-12 championship, there's nothing that makes me think that they won't, um, I guess, be in a position to at least be challenging uh the sec champion right uh but beyond that it was just it was a fun day of college football you know i think this was uh, much like you this was the first week where i wasn't traveling uh or or at a, at a football game uh, and so it was fun to get to watch the better part of a day of football um and again these things just fall out right i think having a um I think there's a reason why, and I still think it's probably two weeks too early, but there's a reason why they wait until the end of October before they start issuing the college football playoffs, because there's still a lot of teams to shake out. I mean, Georgia's one of those teams. Um, you know, Alabama keeps winning ugly, but they keep winning, um, which in my mind puts that that if Georgia wants to make the college football playoff with one loss and, and, and I'm not saying that loss is coming, but if they want to make it one loss, and I think they have to win the SEC. Um, although losing a, a hard-fought battle against a one-loss Alabama team makes a decent argument for Georgia if that's where we are. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying we should root for Alabama to win. I'm just saying that looking at this from a, a global perspective, uh, we, want, we want Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama all to be, you know, pretty good by the time we get to December because if we beat those teams that just bolsters our case for the college football playoff and for heaven's sakes that's that's what we're doing here right that's what we're doing here I guess my only concern with that would be would a one loss Alabama get over a one loss Georgia like almost you almost wonder if you want to go into into it like it was with the LSU game last year where LSU was not getting into the playoff even if they beat Georgia last year yeah, I think I think that's probably right. But I, I, I'm, but I guess the my scenario would be: let's say Georgia loses to Tennessee, but then oh, right, right. you you want to you want yes. Alabama to be one loss, and you could beat them in the SEC championship because then you know Georgia finally has that marquee win. I just um, think if Georgia is undefeated going in the SEC championship game, I think you'd rather have the team they play have two losses because I think it would not it would not be off the table for them to take the team that beats them. If so they, essentially, they, essentially, what you're saying is the the TCU scenario from last year, right? 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 Yeah, that makes right, sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, but uh, but yeah, but it was it was fun. It was a fun game uh, to me. Like I gotta tell you, like this is the of all the Lincoln Riley stuff at USC. Yes, last night was like the whoa. Okay, that might not work. 
Like I've been excited about the Lincoln Riley stuff. He turned them around fast. They weren't very good until he got there. But man, if their defense is going to be that bad, like if their defense is going to be that bad, that is. And also, Caleb Williams wasn't very good. And uh, they 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 had something for him. Yeah, that was uh that was interesting. Uh, Marcus Freeman he made a lot of people forget his uh, counting uh, against Ohio State last yes, night. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, so fun. So, hey, a week off. We have no show this week. So relax. You do not have to hear us yammering in your ears. You get a week off before we do the cocktail party game uh, the week after. And we're uh, which I'm very excited for. It's going to be a big week. I'm going to be I'm taking suggestions from anyone. I said I will be in St. Simons for the weekend. We're going to have a book event on Friday morning uh, that you will be at, Tony, correct? I, I, that's my plan. I plan to be there. Yes. So if you want to come by, it, you don't have to see me. Just come to see Tony. Tony will sign your books. But uh, but we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that uh, when we do our preview show. But we're off for this week. So enjoy the week off, everyone. And uh, we'll be back to preview the Georgia-Florida game um, in a couple of weeks. And, w- and Will, let me – and also, sorry to interrupt you, but let me Please. remind everyone that just because the podcast is off doesn't mean that we won't still do the Passion Auto Fun Office pools this week. Correct. Uh, there will be uh, picks this week. Yes. So get, get them and make sure you do them. When, when will you get those loaded in, Tony, so they know when uh, they can – They usually get uh, released out to the wild uh, Monday afternoon, and I, okay. I, uh, that's that's the plan right now. Okay, cool. Well, then, uh, all right, well, so get your picks in because uh, me and uh, what is Brittany doing with her life are ahead of you all right now. And not all of you, but a lot of you. So uh, so get caught up with us. Otherwise, Tony, uh, uh, I miss you guys this week, but uh, but we'll be back in a week and a half to to, to preview Georgia, Florida. Until then, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week for the Georgia-Florida preview show. So, yes, you have a whole week to relax and not have to listen to our show. But I digress. I know you'd like to listen to some. So let's just listen listen to some back issues. We've been surprised at times when we get an email from people that they've gone and listened to past episodes. So if that's your jam, by all means, indulge yourself and do it but we will see you on campus in a handful of weeks back here in athens for the georgia missouri game but until then enjoy this week and as always go dogs